welcome to Rapping PE. I'm your host, Stephen Buller, aka Beard Drip Buller. This is the place where we explore precarity, pedagogy, and physical education. This podcast is dedicated to physical educators of the future, past, and present. Episode 4 continues our official podcast journey, where I have the pleasure of introducing Jim in the Gym, Hamble. I actually used to teach six city blocks from where Jim currently teaches. It's crazy how interconnected we are as humans. The Mott Haven neighborhood in the South South Bronx was a special place for me during my growth as an educator. It's where I started. I had the pleasure of engaging with my student teaching experiences at Health Opportunities High School at 140th and Girard Ave, as well as at 148th and Morris Ave at PS18, John Peter Zenger in the year 2013. Mott Haven in the South Bronx is where I was part of the OG crew for the Real Kids South Bronx, which is affiliated with Dream Charter Schools. I'm going to stop my ramblings right here, and we're going to get on to the podcast. We're going to bring it on with Jim. I'm about to introduce Jim in the gym, Hamble who is also a member of Shape America. He is on their Council for Physical Activity. Today, we're going to talk about how to get involved with your national, local, and state organizations, as well as branding your style. We'll cover that just a teeny bit. And then Jim's going to give us tons of resources to look into. Here we go. I have my guest, Jim, here. Jim in the gym. As many of you may know from around the horn, PE and Twitter, um, Jim and I actually taught relatively in the same neighborhood, which is really unique meeting over Twitter and kind of now being here on this show. So I'm going to start Jim off with the first question, which is better dogs or cats? Oh man. Um, I definitely like dogs and cats, but I definitely got to say I'm a bit more of a dog guy. Like, if you put a cat in front of me, I'd be like, oh, that's cute. Like, kittens are cute. But, like, if you put, like, a Frenchie or, like, a bulldog, I would be like, I want one. So I gotta be, I'm a dog guy. Definitely. It's, it's been 100% so far, so I'm going to be interested when the first person says cat. <laughs> All right. Continuing the topic of which is better, coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah, that's I well, sometimes I like coffee with my milk sometimes, but that's usually me. Yeah, I'll roll with. I'll throw oat milk in mine from time to time. Oh no! I um, I recently, about a year ago, I became dairy free. Oh. This is the first time ever doctor said you have an allergy to it, which makes a lot of sense. But um, I do like some oat milk. I like almond milk. Um, I like what's the other one? So I milk. So I milk. Yeah, I'm kind of. I I'm lactose intolerant, so it's like oh, yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy cheeses, and but I'll sacrifice mostly for ice cream. What is your all-time favorite physical activity, sport, or anything of the sort? Um, I don't want to typecast myself. Definitely bowling. Um, definitely one of those. One of my other favorite games to play is like um, it's an action. I call it battleship, but I call it basically short team. Each team, there's four teams. You divide the gym into like four different quadrants, and you okay. give each team a ball. And the object of the game is to have the students knock down the other team's fence. They can't go into the end of the team's 
But it's really cool because students don't usually, they usually are of the same mind, like I'm going against another team. It's sometimes, it's very interesting to see them kind of like, wait, I could work with another team. And even though that team is against me, I could work with them now, like all alliances and things like that. It's, it's, it's a simple game, but the way the watching it play out is like, some of the best. It's like a classic castle ball style feel. More, more, yeah. More everybody that, versus everybody's. Like Might have to ask you for a little lesson plan outline. Implemented. I'd be more than happy. Yeah. We're going to go with a little bit of a deeper question. So who are you and what makes you, you? So I am Jim and Jim. My, my real name is Jim Hamble. I could call me Mr. Hamble and Mr. H. Or mm-hmm. I'm like the soup with an a soup, Campbell soup with an H. <laughs> the reason sometimes kids don't get that. Um, but I am an elementary teacher in the Bronx, right by Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also certified in childhood and special ed. But I also have two years of experience with that, so I feel like I'm pretty well-rounded. Um, I do webinars, I do conferences, I do workshops, but I mean, really I'm just an elementary, I feel like I'm just an elementary physics teacher, a shaped physical activity council chair. Somehow, I, um, my journey doing TVs and things like that kind of got me into that world. Um, I have a wonderful two-year-old daughter who keeps me on my toes with physical activity. She, she loves to run around. She actually teaches me some of, the, some of the newer games I play nowadays. She actually are kind of inspired from her. Um, oh. Yeah. Like one game I have where I have the kids run around and I say, stop, and we do yoga. I actually came from her. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I like kids love it, especially by fifth graders. I'll put some hurdles out and I say parkour because my daughter, who's two years old, cannot say parkour. <laughs> I used to jump. But yeah, you know. I guess that would be one benefit of having a kid is you can literally practice everything at home so it transitions yeah. better and you kind of have an idea. Um, I should also add that I'm New York born and raised. Mm-hmm. I college in, in Adelphi, which is in Garden City. Um, mm-hmm. Grew up in Queens. I've got in all five boroughs. Um, New York my whole life. She also, she's also just fun. <laughs> Absolutely, like many, many perks yeah. of kids. I, I imagine as many teachers that have kids, they probably feel they become a better teacher when they become a parent. Yeah. In a million years, I never would have, if you would have been like, oh, being a parent makes you a better teacher, but it definitely does. I know you said about being on the SHAPE Council Chair. Yeah. So, like, what, what role do you fill in that? Like, how, how does that work? Like, what do you, what do, you do for so- SHAPE America? Uh, so just, just to give you an understanding, so shape is different. Um, I want to say that they're pretty much filled. So there's different like um, councils. There's physical education, research, and basically what we do is we, we discuss different things. Um, we kind of like take the pulse of different topics, like now physical activity, but and we kind of try to add our own expertise because it's not just it's. I have members from, we just did, we actually just added some new people on from New Mexico. Kind of the same thing where I haven't met like you and Dave and everybody. Like I haven't met so many people in person, but I meet with them every month. Um, from New Mexico, from Minnesota. We try to like, we, we update resources. We try to add our own resources. A couple of times on Twitter, if you've seen, we have like, we have, we have, a, we have shape, physical activity chats. 
Um, we were just trying to get the pulse of the community and see what, that's what we decided, like what, what people want, like what do, like when I took over, the first thing we decided was like, okay, cool, do we want to come up with some different resources, but like we want to see like what do people actually want. So that's like spin our wheels and, and like to work the most effectively. Like now, um, we want to do things like, what, what would be like, even though we're physical activity and most of us are physical teachers, we're trying to be like, how can we make purposeful, purposeful physical activity? Since we're the physical activity council and that's PE versus PA, what's the difference? It's been a hot topic as of yet, as of late. So mm -hmm. we want to almost kind of set the narrative. Okay. In that regard. Yeah. That makes sense. So it'll be some thoughts about it. So how like how do you get involved with with Shape America to like get into a position to like that? Is it something that you apply for? Is it something that oh, yeah. you recommend? I would definitely recommend it. I mean, so just because you're not on the like you're not on the official council, like doesn't mean you couldn't do work for us. Mm -hmm. You couldn't work with us, even though you you wouldn't be officially on it, but like every September, every September people apply and you apply for different councils. To say you're like, oh, I really want, I really am invested in physical activity or really invested in phys ed, you would apply. And the way it works is that there's three year terms. So I came on in 2018, the council chair kind of rotated off. So I kind of stepped up and said, hey, can I do it? So that's how I got on. Um, but like I said, if we're doing like a shape chat and you want it to be like a term list and talk about it, mm -hmm. the shape chats are really awesome. They get like, we just did one, I think, like in the March where we had like a bunch of councils together. I'm always for like, you know, as much collaboration as possible. Absolutely. So, Thanks. yeah. So it is fun to do it. Um, like I said, like early in my career, I would have, if you would have said, Jim, if you would have ever been the sheet chair, council chair. And sometimes I'm just like, okay. And I get emails from people in shape and they're like, wow, that's awesome. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like it, it's, it feels kind of surreal in a sense, because it's like, to me, shape is like the, like one of the leaders in the, in our field. Like when I started, I, I got my mass, I got my degree in 2008. So like they really like the impact the shape had, I feel is much bigger now. So to like be a part of it, it just feels kind of real. It just feels kind of nice. It feels kind of cool. Yeah, there was definitely, a, definitely a re resurgence. I feel on the national scene when they changed the name. I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm still not a big fan of the name, but I, I definitely see the benefits for like the changing and it's easier to say than Aford. You can actually spell it. There's a lot yeah. of pros to it. So that definitely has to be cool. Like what, what would you recommend for younger teachers? Like what, how should they get involved with their local organizations to maybe work up and do something like you're doing with shape right now so that they can have a positive influence or connect with people and learn more. So there's, See, it's funny you mentioned about the Aford and shape. Like New York is still Aford. So it's like New York Aford. Um, and like when I presented at a conference last November, I was part of shape and I wasn't part of Aford. So I think I like I think being a part of shape is good because you get like 
the Joe Perd magazine. You get you get the Momentum magazine. You get the Joe Perd, which is the Journal of Online Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. And how I know that off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. That's good because that has a lot of like good articles and like, a lot of good how tos. Um, they are part of your local. In New York, we have different zones because New York is so huge. Like I'm in the New York City zone. Um, I know people in the southeastern zone, which is like Westchester and us. Mm-hmm. Just being a part of it, just like being able to know more people, like the same way you and I and like Dave and all of us connected was from Twitter. So doing things like that for a new teacher is great because you get to know people. Um, and you just kind of get to talk to like like-minded people, not even so much from the... Cause I remember, you remember in college, they always tell you to network, network, network. Remember yes. that? Absolutely. That'd be... They were like, oh... But I remember at that time, they were like, oh, you need business cards. And now it's like, no, you need a Twitter handle. <laughs> it, it's interesting. It's interesting trying to explain to someone like, I mean, because I, my wife and her family and my family, they're all teachers. Like, like being a phys ed, like, brand is just kind of like, it's almost kind of like, not what we do as teachers in a sense. But that's it, but it's interesting. But oh, it's, I mean, you'll get to know. For new teachers, I would say it's good to know because you can like a lot of people. And it's cool, like, when you actually, you know, I love Captain Key. Mm-hmm. I love some of the stuff. So when I actually started talking to him, I said, hey, can we collaborate on something? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, oh, my goodness. I kind of got a little, you know, a little starstruck. But, I mean, you learn a lot more. You find a lot more. Like, you can go on Twitter at any given point of the time, especially when we're not, when we're in school. You can find people, like, five new games each day. And they're like good games. Well, can I ask you a question? What, what would you what, what yeah. would you recommend telling your first year, like teacher? I mean, I definitely agree. You definitely should get involved locally. I do like the idea of the national organization, but Twitter is great. One of the things mm-hmm. you said that is a great way to frame it, unlike other teaching paths, I feel like in phys ed, when you said the term brand, because yeah. ed teachers almost have their own distinct brand. And it kind right. of changes like at the levels. Like I'm rebranding myself because I went from high yeah. school health and phys ed. Now I'm back at elementary, which I haven't done in mm-hmm. years. You're right. It, it's You got to figure out a brand. So you have to figure out who you are as a teacher and how to teach at that level. So I think that's actually a really big thing for first year teachers and young teachers is understand who you are and understand what brand you want to create for yourself because that's what's going to follow with you. That's like your program. It's Mm -hmm. not like the classroom where a lot of times the curriculum seems to be just kind of like thrown at you. You got to kind of create and be your own thing. And that's the great thing about being a physics teacher. You can make your own curriculum and you pretty much have carte blanche. I mean, when I started my position, I mean, I'd been doing it for five years. They said to me, you, you, gotta have, you have to do small dispensations. Mm-hmm. And it actually kind of really worked out nicely. Um, another thing I would say with, with teachers, um, with brand new teachers, you want to try to like develop something that you never work. Mm-hmm. Teaching is hard. It's, it's like nowadays, the first thing is very difficult, so you have to be able to really adapt and just feel like, you know that a lot of things are going to change, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, okay. it's, it's not bad to ask for help, like in your school, 
Yeah, so they're going to be more experienced teachers that even, because I taught in the classroom, so I use a lot of that experience to come, and not to say, it, it's teaching the teacher, it teaches the part in general. Absolutely. It's how you ask the help and to reach out to physics people, or even just reach out to, like, you know, good teachers, because just like I said, good teachers, good teachers, good teachers. So, yeah. if someone had a 32 years, especially... In your school that you're at, they gotta be good on the way. And if you I, have their class, yeah, I agree 100. percent Like if it, if you're a good teacher, you're gonna be able to teach somebody else something, and you're gonna mm-hmm. be able to learn something from a good teacher. I've learned stuff from classroom teachers all the time, and just on things that I'd never experienced in college because most of our courses were directed for the gymnasium. So when I had a health class. Right. That's like a whole new world. Uh, asking for help is huge. I mean, and you, I, you've taught in the same area that I have. So, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, sometimes it's not always the easiest. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was it was rough at like 148th and Morris Ave. Like, that was a rough section of the Bronx. Like, you have to ask for help. And I feel right. like that's something that most people don't gravitate towards because it feels like you're failing but you're yeah. not like that's part of the process of learning it's okay to ask those questions it's okay to ask yeah. for help like it's not that big of a deal yeah like if there's somebody succeeding down in, in those parts like like they, they gotta be doing something right i think that's the uh overall moral of that story they gotta oh, be yeah. doing something right and but the thing about it is like People might say, oh, Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, and it might give them, like, a stigma, and I don't think that's true. Kids are kids. I mean, Absolutely. kids learn, kids want to learn. Like, granted, they may, you know, they may not have access. They have much more, they may have more, you know, home challenges, but, I mean, kids are kids. I mean, if you, one of my favorite books to read is Yardsticks. Have you ever received, read that one? I have not yet. I might have to uh, put that on my Amazon list and then order it. It's a, I like the Arctic. I read it a while ago, but it basically kind of gives you like developmental things, like what 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 a what a fourth grader would be like or a sixth grader would be like, and then all the appropriate behaviors, like what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it's just a good vertical, like, but like I have my kids in my community. Like I like during the distance learning, like I get. I mean, I'm getting kids come joining me two times a week. They look forward to it. Um, they may not always come join me live because, you know, there's different scheduling with different classes and teachers and that's fine. But like, I get kids doing my assignments. I'm mm-hmm. doing like 30 different, I'm doing like five different apps and things, but they're like, so kids are kids. So I, if anything, I would want to see them say, you know what, wherever you teach, you, you just be proud of where you are. Be proud that you are a teacher. And just that like, especially times like now, I think the biggest thing, like, what I learned was, especially as being a male, and I'm sure you know it too, like, you take on, like, such an important role in, in, in their life. And they don't really necessarily, like, emphasize that as much in college, mm-hmm. of course, because they're still trying to get to learn the basics, but mm-hmm. that will happen. Not to focus on it, but it will happen. And that's something cool, just to remember that, I think, just to treat everyone their role model just to treat everyone at I think I mean it doesn't matter where you are it's just like respect is a big word 
A hundred percent agree with that. Respect is, is a huge thing. And when you say kids are kids, it's true. It's like, yeah, if you treat a kid, if you treat a kid respectfully, it doesn't matter where they are. They're going to, and you, you've, you've taught, you've taught, you've taught in the same area. So like, I mean, when, how did you succeed there? Like what did the respect, did that work? It was kind of the respect thing. It was also, I was different. I had longer hair. So for me to kind of bridge like that culture barrier because I was like that they're like what's this this white guy with his long hair like we would literally during lunch because I started an after school program Mm -hmm. kids would ask me all the time and at that point I was still learning about like the culture of the community and like things that were like normalized and things were like okay they love to braid hair I had no clue about braiding hair whatsoever this one kid was just having a rough time adjusting to summer camp. And uh-huh. the one day she just asked, she's like, can I braid your hair at lunch? I was like, well, if we have a really good day today, I'll let you braid my hair during lunch. Sure. So she taught me how to braid my hair at lunch. And then ever since that point, like she was like one of like my favorite kids. I still remember her awesome. name. Like my Asia was amazing. Um, that was through like the program through Harlem RBI when we came into uh I remember, yeah, I remember the RBI. And that was just just something so simple as just letting a kid be a kid, ask a question, and then connect, and never had an issue with her again. Yeah. Like, it was I just, mean, everything was great. Yeah, well, it's you, not you, you, for every kid, but. No, I mean, it's, I think you would agree that any teacher listening would agree that you want to have that individual relationship, but we sometimes see 200, 300, 400, mm-hmm. 500, upwards of, you know, lots and lots of kids, so there's only so much we can do. Oh, but yeah, I mean, like, that's, even, that's definitely the reality of it. I was lucky I had, I saw the same group of kids all day, though, during the summer camp, and then when I had my teaching experience there, for the most part, it was all about respect how you presented yourself how you talked with each other and then how you at the high school level at health opportunities I I didn't have any behavior issues for the most part because my cooperating teacher at that time was great but she would just like leave me alone for a little bit I had I had kids (laughs) I think one of the most entertaining stories is one of the kids was upset another kid was talking after I asked him to stop talking because I, I was feeling disrespected and then continued and the kids started talking again and another kid wanted to fight him in the spot because I was being was disrespected like, and we weren't holding that code of being respectful to each other. It was yeah. really, really unique. That actually happened to me today. I was teaching live and I saw it was like towards the end of the session and I saw a student on the Google live chat said that she was upset she randomly gets upset, so I was like, oh, you know what? I fourth and fifth graders, whatever. I'll talk to them about it. So I was on the balcony. I was outside because it was loud. Mm-hmm. But I don't usually go outside. It was only because it was, it was working inside the house. So the kid was like, is that true? Are you on the balcony? And I was like, wait a second. I am sure. And then I was like, I went on this whole big thing about something. It's okay to be upset. And then I was like, I knew, I know all the kids appreciate it, but there was that one kid, same thing. And I said, any questions? And he was like, are you on your balcony? I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> That's just kids. Like, mm-hmm. 
that's definitely a, a huge part um, that I learned over the years that their kids, they definitely do get sometimes that negative stereotype just because of how they look and where they're from, which is disheartening. And I hope people that are listening to this podcast will eventually decide that they want to come into these environments that they normally kind of ignore or just look at differently. It's like they need good teachers too. They're just as capable as any other kid. Oh, I agree. I mean, if you want to go back to like, I mean, Dave and I did a podcast one and that whole one about like education in the media Mm -hmm. was like, because I, my wife was like, have you ever seen to serve with love? And I never had. And that's like the, I feel like all educational movies are like, just like, it's the same kind of just thing redone, but to serve with love was like, with Sidney Poitier, who's an African-American teacher, Mm-hmm. We did see it. My wife is telling me they're gonna fully see it, but we did see it. Probably that's like the first movie if you're if you're talking about like king of culture. Like I'm of the firm believer in life that yes, like I was saying before, like kids are all kids, but at mm-hmm. the same time they kids are kids, but you don't want you don't want to make excuses. But things to understand like their backs like you were talking about the going to Asia, talking about like little things that help you bond with them, that, that those are the things that are important. Like, Correct. It, it's holding those high expectations, but figuring out exactly. how to get them to those high expectations without disrespecting them. Yeah, you don't want to. But you're also. Yeah, just because the for the minute for me, I feel like the minute, and I know it's not like a kind of strong hot take. Blah, blah, blah. Um, that was my thought line. But <laughs> the minute you be like, oh, they're just from the South Bronx. That that's that's when you're like the key to. You can't go up from there. Correct. You can't there's, go up from there. There's automatic racial bias against them because exactly. they're from that neighborhood, and and if you say just because they're from that area, that that you already lost the battle. Yep, and it's. I mean that that's that's strong, but like it's that if you're not going to, you got to give them at least a chance. Yeah, it's to show uh, them show the good. Yeah, and at that point, it's like you got to come in with your with your game at a hundred percent. I believe that a lot of times I'm not generalizing, but there are a lot of teachers that will hold them the lower standards and expectations just because of their environment and situation, which is disheartening to begin with. Cause that means you're not doing yeah. your job as a teacher, but it's also once you engage and you do your job and do what right by the kids, it's hard to leave. Like when I yeah. left the South Bronx from teaching, that was very emotional and that was very heartbreaking because then you feel like you're part of that cycle is, well, I made, made progress. Like we did well together. Like we learned, we had fun. Then you leave and you feel like you're just giving up on them, even though that's not the situation. It was just yeah. my time. I think every time. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if I'm going to teach forever. I mean, I maybe one day will work for Shape or work um, for that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? But I mean, I'm definitely gonna. I think that it, I think that's the, the sign of a teacher. If you do miss them, if, if you do miss, mm-hmm. I think that's like pure sign. Like, if you may be doing, you're still gonna have some part of you thinking that you're saying like, you know what? I, I wish I wish I could have done. I wish I could have done better. Not so much, not so much as we've done better, but we could have done 
We wish it could have been different. Actually, that brings me to my next question. If you could go back in time and you had the opportunity to tell yourself all the lessons you learned, would you tell yourself those lessons that you learned? Would you let them Um, just free flow and experience it? I think about that question from time to time. Would I let would I go back in time and tell myself and give all myself all the lessons? But I mean, I'm kind of happy with my life right now. So, and, and and granted, there were some bad things along the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I got us. I don't think I would. And a lot of people might be like, "Oh my goodness, what what?" I mean, before I even went into being a physics teacher, I was like, I wanted to do law at one point. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to St. John's. I was going to go to the pre-law program to be a lawyer. And but that didn't work out. And then I went to Delphi, and I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that because now, but there definitely were times where I was super frustrated. But for the most part, I don't think I would. I think I mean I would do things a little bit quicker. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I don't think I would. As 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 strange as it may sound, as, as may sound to say. And hear myself say that, but yeah, I mean, when you think about it, those experiences made you you in a way. So you take them away, you you cheapen those life moments, and do you really learn? That's kind of like the purpose of the question is just to be sort of reflective. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I definitely agree. Question is hard. So here's the last question I have for you. The last one for me. Okay, I'm ready. And I think this is like a really interesting one because it could go anywhere, but it's very basic. <laughs> so right now, you and I are both experiencing quarantine. We're both in a yeah. major U.S. city. So with COVID nineteen going around, like, what have you seen because of the quarantine that you want to see changed? What do you want to see different in our field once quarantine's lifted? Where should we be going? Oh boy. Um, I know this isn't on your mind a lot lately, so I'm not, I'm not surprised you asked that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to pull an interview. So I'm going to pull one of my interview techniques where you say, Oh, wow, I need a second to think about that. Um, <laughs> they don't just be like, Oh, I'm not... So, new teachers, remember it's okay to ask for a couple seconds during an interview to think about the question or even ask. Oh, yeah. Question. Maybe ask them, your interviewer, how would they answer the question to give them to give you a few seconds or to kind of frame it how you think they would want, give a little idea of where they're coming from. That's a like what I just did now. Too. Yeah, exactly. And I like will I just play did along right with now. this too. So okay. I'm thinking like <laughs> how could they structure phys ed differently, maybe at the local level first, or even push yeah. at the national level to make the experience better for youth because I feel like a lot of programs tend to be neglected and you don't have enough time with the kids or they give you way too much time with the kids, but then it's spaced out awkwardly. So you don't see the kids equitably or in an equal fashion. So like what structural Actually, changes maybe? I think we're seeing that you can't, I've seen, cause because of my, 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 I don't want to sound like the master or like the elitist of it, but I mean, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of classroom teachers on Twitter, and I get what they're saying, 
And it's kind of like the physics teachers were saying like, oh, it's just because we don't want people to think we're just doing physical activity. Where's the education part? And mm-hmm. the teachers are always like, they're doing all the activities, but where's the physical part? I really feel like, I think someone made it, I forget who it was, but they made a good point. They were like, having physical education without the education part is something like in the classroom without drawing. So something basically like, there's got to be a better marrying of the two where, like, even though I see, based on what on the way we're doing it now, I'm seeing, you know, the school two days a week and doing two weeks of assignments, mm-hmm. where if I saw the students more, you know, I just did more frequently, had less, had sm- shorter class times, but saw them more often, more often, mm-hmm. I think it would be good. But I think that also, I'm usually a big advocate of making, especially in elementary school, I don't. I think it's probably harder in the upper grades, but you know, to be more involved with the classroom teachers, and where, as the teachers, we're trying to add in educational academic content. They should definitely. I think there's definitely a need, and there should definitely be now or more going forward. There should definitely be more input because there are, you know, indoor class activity programs. I love Go Noodle, but I feel like it's limited. Um, yeah, Go you Noodle. Know, no. I feel like cheapens it. It's like, oh, here's a video. I'm just gonna sit back over here, and it's not. I gotta give a shout out to. She's also on Twitter. Dan is D A N C E underscore T L E three Y. I don't know why that's a three, but. Um, it's all about physical literacy because it's all about like empowering. It's all about, you know, I do it in the gym. It's such a fun program. She takes songs like um, the old Spider-Man theme, where mm-hmm. she does like with the Nene. Well, I'm so definitely going to add like, that to the resources then. If we're talking about like just the Go Noodle, I mean, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing Go Noodle. Go Noodle mm-hmm. is great. Uh, oh, yeah, I, know I, it. It's really funny. I've used it before. It's, yeah. easy like if you have like five ten minutes and you're like just watching somebody yeah. in the classroom and yeah you know, weren't prepared to come in and uh-huh. take that yeah. 10 15 minutes and help somebody out you're like uh and it's good to, yeah. let's do something fun real quick let's do go noodle and then we'll get back to the activity yeah. and the teacher comes exactly. in and we're like fun. we're good because that that does happen depending on the school you're working at you're not going to be prepared and a principal's going to be like yo you need to go into this room for like 10-15 minutes can you please mm-hmm. go in for 10-15 while I talk to this teacher that does happen yeah so go can you just put some go noodle on back, back pocket activity go noodle is so popular it's because it's super easy to do mm-hmm. so a program like that like or even like a dance site it requires some like instruction and introduction and it was teaching. And a lot of times, even as teachers, if, if, if it's new and we don't really feel like quite understand it, sometimes we kind of shy away from it. So I don't think, I think we're learning, I mean, just in general, that education, you can't just put a kid in front of, you just can't put a kid in front of a computer. And Correct, it's the same yeah. thing. Did you put it, you, did you put kids in front of a computer and say, okay, do some activities? Like, what? In theory, a pro that would give you more time to do bigger idea stuff in the gymnasium instead of focusing on like mm-hmm. moderate to vigorous physical activity because they're theoretically getting that throughout the day as well yeah and i i'm a big fan of that if you do the same kind of things that they're doing in the classroom 
it will only make it easier because the kids will be like, oh, wait, I granted they're not going to do like reading and writing and, and all those things, but like they do like cognitive skills. Um, mm-hmm. And my, my, my biggest thing is like if a student, students in kindergarten will learn to know, wow, this book is too hard. This book is too easy. Mm-hmm. You know, they even learn that young. Hey, my dear, why we, we can apply that kind of same thinking. You're like, oh, wait, why is this hard? Why is this not? I mean, granted, you know, there are going to be students of all different levels and abilities thinking, oh, wait, I can't. You know, I'm not saying, but the same kind of process that they do in the classroom, I think, like, if they're doing the same kind of game, why can't we do it in the gym? What, you know, I'm saying, when, when you, when the students will see, oh, wait, I'm doing it there, and I'm doing it here, you know, something, there's got to be some kind of, the more it will strengthen class, uh, school community. Okay, yeah, that's where I thought you were going with it, it's like a school community piece, yeah. like, you're That's, actually yeah. planning together versus on your own islands. Yeah. I often usually say to a lot of guys, I say, like, I'm not the physics teacher that hides in the, in the back of the office, which I'm not critiquing. I'm just, that's just my personal philosophy. I don't, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more, more up, more up front. That, that's me. That's just, like I said, I don't want them to sound as a teacher, sound as a, as a, as a, as a to each their own, whatever works for that, that's, that works. That's that's good. that's what works for me. So that's how I like to be. I don't wanna. I get that. I'm teaching the songs which I love. The things that have worked for me. Um, they may not work. They may be. That might be different. In a, in a rural area, somewhere around elsewhere around the country, but still a beach. <laughs> and I guess that's also another good point is having something like that in your back pocket is if you are in an urban environment, sometimes you're stuck in somewhere where you're not going to be able to move much. So having yeah. those backdoor activities and games is amazing right. and will save you so much pain. Um, I know my example is a little extreme, but at the elementary school that I worked at, the after-school program, depending on what was going on in the um, – housing projects that were next door. Sometimes you mm-hmm. couldn't have recess because there was a shootout. So yeah, it's extreme, but having stuff like Go Noodle and what was that program you mentioned right. again? Move? Move to improve, dance Move play. Move to improve, dance play. Yes, those two. Like having stuff like that in your back pocket and knowledge and just even incorporating your own things that were similar to that. Yeah. And... Also, for first-year teachers, I would recommend just because, like, you may see a great game. Like, for example, you may have a schoolyard. And, like, I have, I have friends and other colleagues like yourself, like, in New Mexico, where they have, like, a giant field. Or just because, or even if I'm elementary and it might be, like, a high school-level game, don't necessarily, like, just be like, oh, I can't use it, that... Like we were talking about before, you could be very creative. So if there's ways to do it, if there's parts of the game that sound pretty good, you don't be afraid to do it. I mean, just because it says high school, mm-hmm. I think there was an open today game where they had to, all the kids gather in, around in the middle of the gym and like you put cones and you make up a track and they have to rock paper scissor and then they have to run a lap. Like that's even though it's here for high school, like my fourth graders loved it. Like my third graders loved it. Oh yeah, I took uh, the game happy. Just experimenting. So, I mean, it's okay. Don't be afraid to experiment because you may, like I said, um, don't be afraid to like apply. 
it may seem overwhelming, but like, I mean, not many school. I mean, in in the South Bronx, you may not kids may not know what the what the cost is. But I won a free equipment grant mm-hmm. from U.S. Lacrosse just because I applied. And I reached out to them and said, "Hey, like U.S. Tennis will give free give you free rackets and stuff." Yep. For equipment, I, as you say. Yep. I got my um, free tennis set from USTA this past August. That that was amazing. That's a yeah twenty four brand new rackets, plenty of modified trainer balls or tennis balls that you can use the nets there was like four nets and then they had extra stuff to make your own nets like it was overwhelming i didn't get a chance to use it because covid but right next year but you're right applying to things and just trying for stuff because in a way like you also want to supply as many experiences as you can because like you said with lacrosse i have lacrosse Mm -hmm. gear too from a grant i believe like there's money there you just have to take the chance yeah you have to know where to look and no once again going back to networking yeah where are we starting um, with yeah and i actually can i want to give another i just actually just got it i just actually got another um it's called sabaki ball i just tweeted about it um yes i saw it, that i completely forgot to ask you about that please go on i'm very intrigued i actually we were doing the shape pa council and they were tweeting we were doing a flow chat where we had a question every week and uh, they were tweeting at us and I tweeted their stuff back and I won a set and uh, Sabaki, it's actually, it's, it's kind of like basketball and like European handball and lacrosse. Now that we're talking about that, because the goal of the game is that it, it's actually really, it's Sabaki means moving and I forget it's, it's, it's Japanese word, but mm-hmm. You have to pass the ball three times. You can pretty much take as many steps as you want, but you have three se- you have three seconds to get rid of the ball, and you have a goalie that will crease, and you have a little backboard where you try to throw the ball and you try to knock down the pylon, and you try to knock it down, and the backboard. But if the ball goes out of bounds, you keep playing. It's almost like <laughs> keep the game keeps going. Uh, um, chuk- it kind of reminds me of chuk ball, except for there's defense with a defender. So the thing is that the ball hits ball. the floor. I think I did, yeah. Think about this game is that, like, if the ball hits the floor, you have to make three passes before you can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, if the ball hits the floor, the team, you get it. But, like, I would play with the way I would play with it is, like, if, if you, if the ball, if you're, my team throws it and hits the floor, or we throw it to go out of bounds just to keep the game going, and nobody nobody bumps into each other, just goes through the other team. Um a simple rule like that but the cool thing about this is that the goalie doesn't just have to like sit there and be like like if your team is on offense the goalie is actually is encouraged to actually move up and be part of the game and be part of the offense kind of like like in cross and like a little bit in soccer it might sound like like a interesting game to teach like at the fourth fifth sixth grade about like tactics strategies communication skills it definitely seems like a very involved game. yeah um i've actually done that before because i'm and i'm sure elementary students they don't know when you play games like that to keep moving they just Mm kind of like step in one spot and they become a tree yep um so i've done it before where like i put them in poly spots where they they can move around but they have to stand on the poly spot and they can only get the pass from when they're on the poly spot so it encourages them to move 
but it like gives uh, them a purposeful place to move. Yeah, it's like one that's team is a red a really, team. Really good idea. Thank you. I like that. Yeah, because like if you have a red and a blue team, the blue team could stand on the blue spots, and the red team could stand. On, you can put them out, so you can dictate the field and, and the spacing. Yeah, it's almost so it like makes, setting up the play for them, and then they get used to like how the flow goes. That's exactly, exactly. Yeah, because so many times I'll play. I love playing game like five pass where the kids are just the pass, and they just they just oh. don't know how. It just doesn't come naturally to them, and it's hard. It's a hard concept. Mm-hmm. Or you'll it's have a hard the, concept uh, to teach. I, th- I think like, one of the funny ones that you mentioned about like everybody has to touch the ball. <laughs> I, <laughs> I still crack up about this because this is something that you will experience also when you're teaching, especially for the new ones, uh, new teachers and younger ones. Mm. If you tell them everybody has to touch the ball, they'll literally, one team will figure out that you just have to touch the ball. So everybody runs up and they all just touch the ball once. Now like done. Now we can shoot. I'm just like, I hate you, (laughs) but I love you because I would have done the exact same thing. And I can't believe I did not (laughs) think about that. Honestly, and I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody who'll come up with an even better idea. Oh yeah, it it's bound to happen. So don't get mad if they break your rules either. <laughs> no. If they break it and they do it legitimately, give them a high five and help them or have them help you make the rules. Yeah, well, that goes with another thing about management. That uh, new teacher that I would recommend try to have a in terms of management. Mm-hmm. Try to have very not, as few gray areas, like you just said, as gray areas as possible. Or like mm-hmm. if a student figures out a part of a game, don't be offended, and just turn it into a teachable moment. Be like, oh wait, I never think about it. What do you guys? What, what does everyone think about it? Do we want to make it as a part of the game? Like, don't be afraid to ask them to get involved later on, and just try to make, try to have as little gray area as possible, because you don't want a kid to become a, all of a sudden become 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 a lawyer. Because you're like, well, you know, because they're all going to be those kids. Yep, We're going to do that. It's about teaching them life and communicating and figuring out how to interact with yeah. each other. So if you're not incorporating those moments into your class, it's oh yeah, it's kind of I was, very one sad of my other favorite those books, are perfect. I work. Oh yeah, one of my one of the charter schools. I, I did work at a charter school for a while. Um, one of my favorite books. It's not really a, a management system. Not like do this, do that. It's mm-hmm. called Love. It teaches with love and logic. It's like one of my. It gives you. It teaches you how to teach with love and logic. So like, it just reminded me because like you're, there are going to be those kids who just like to argue because there are different kids who have different play personalities. There are some that just want to be. Doesn't matter if you're wrong or right. If you may be totally right, and I and I associate high school football, so I know I've done I've done pretty high stakes championship games. I'm even looking into going to college, but mm-hmm. there are going to be those kids. Who have they? They're just gonna like try to nickel and dime you, and try to argue with you. One of my favorite lines, for example, from the book is like, "You just say them very calmly, like I don't argue during the day. If you want to make an appointment, we can argue during lunch or after school." And you're just like things like that, like boom. When I say it, the kids look at me. They're like, "What did Hamble just say?" But after a while, it just becomes like, like you were saying, like with, with the with the with the, with the braiding, it just becomes like commonplace. Like I just kind of like know it. Like oh, like how silly of me to even like think of it differently. Mm-hmm. Just being consistent and repeating what you should be doing and the things that align with the type of teacher you are. 
Mm-hmm. Keep it consistent. Like you're gonna reduce problems definitely. And yeah, just for the simple fact, if you're gonna sit and argue with a kid, you just lost oh, your yeah. power. You lose. You lose all the time. It's like if you're arguing, like you're showing that you're on the same level, and then that kid's definitely not gonna yeah. respect you. They're gonna keep doing it because they're gonna yeah. get something from it. There's no point in arguing mm-hmm. with a kid. Just tell them how it's going to be. Right. And let it go. I agree. Yeah, and it just boils down to respect. Because they just they need to be able to treat you as a person. And also another thing I would tell engineering teachers: be real. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like you want to be their friends, but like be genuine. Mm-hmm. So if you come in there and you're drinking a cup of coffee all the time and you're showing like very little interest, or like pointing out to the kids like when you like when you're while well, they're doing stations, they may not see what you're doing. You're saying to them, like, I'm not just sitting, because they're like, why are you sweating? Like, I'm not just sitting down and reading the newspaper. I'm actually working and doing and working with you guys. Mm-hmm. So little things like that. I would except, say like I, us. Except for the coffee thing. Like, I have to have my coffee, and they know that. <laughs> well, so there'll be, like, coffee mug, like, all over the gym. Like, it'll just, like, move. And every once in a while, a kid will be like, hey, your coffee cup's not in a good spot. Like, here you go. And it's just like one of those thermoses. They'll come walk it over. It's so funny. You know what? I stand corrected. I stand corrected. So I'm drinking coffee like most of, the, most of the morning. Kids are watching out for my mug, which is amazing. Because I'm you, not paying you know attention what? to it moving around in the classroom. But you, Steve, you got to write a book. on. I mean, it's teaching like a pirate, teaching with a hair on fire. You gotta you gotta write a book on classroom, classroom etiquette and classroom style teaching with hot coffee or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I gotta figure something out, and that's why the podcast is here. This is this is like easier than writing a book because because I've read most of the stuff that I have from reading, from research, and from experience with other people, and that's true. Just life experience. You figure it out after you fail. Yeah, and that's another yeah. part that. A lot of people don't think about just ask the kid like if you feel like you failed ask the kid why the lesson didn't go well like yeah because you could like them. plan this like amazing you could play this amazing play that plan this amazing thing and then when you get there and they're like uh because they don't get it or they're like this is boring mm-hmm. i've had that happen this year and that was oh, yeah, it definitely happened. Wow. and i told and i told him straight out i was like hey I taught high school for the last four years. I haven't taught elementary in seven years. And they just kind of look at you like, what? Like, you need to reteach me. If something's not good, please tell me. But do it respectfully. Yeah. Don't the act out. Just tell me. Just be like, yo, this game's not good or this activity's not good. Like, can we do something else? Or like, can you change it? I have no issue with that. Yeah. I don't either. I really don't. Like, if I'm like, yeah, that's my biggest thing too. I think, like, just to wrap this up, um, we can always come back and chat some more eventually. Um, yeah, definitely. If, if you're a newer teacher, I mean, you can interject at any point. You should definitely get involved with your local organizations, your state, and see what's going on at the national level and how you can get involved. Jim's one of the council chairs for Shape America, part of the physical yeah. activity chair. It's like he did that yeah, by applying I mean, and seeking it right honestly yeah i just if you want to i mean i'll be more than happy to um, get my email get my i'll be more than happy to answer because like if you're like oh my goodness i want to help out with something now but you know 
people are always rolling off. It's like every year we're having elections for new people, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull an Emperor Palpatine and just stay out forever. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I know people still roll off every three years. There's a lot of, and even if you, there's also ways to get involved, like you know, like in New York, if you're a New York City teacher, like getting involved at your own school, doing things is, is, is one of the great things, or getting involved in there's different depending where you teach. There's, there's zones in Long Island, zones in New York. Mm-hmm. All over the place. Just like, don't be afraid to ask. And if you don't know who to ask, reach out to someone because someone might know someone. You never know. Absolutely. The so, world's really not the world. Really not the world. The world re- is really a small world. It really is. It is. After I all. mean, our example right now is super small. Six blocks separated us at one point for our teaching experiences, and we've never met in person. I know. But it's as, crazy. But as Jim said, network, get your resources up, learn from other people. And don't be afraid to ask for help. There are other teachers out there for you and they're willing to support you like myself and Jim. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to find our information in the resources section. But until another time, keep it real. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Check out the resources provided in the description. Please subscribe to our podcast. Once again, use the hashtag RappingPE. If you have any questions or would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at RappingPE at gmail.com. Goodbye for now, but until the next time, I would like to wish you peace and love.